crap. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll pause it. <laughs> okay, uh, note for next time. Don't turn on the mics until the beers are open. <laughs> Um, so, welcome to the Bowie Book Club. I'm Christiane. And I'm Greg. And we've had a book club for about 10 years. Yep, yep. And then um, we read a lot of books, and sometimes we talked about them. Mostly we just got drunk and gossiped. But at the sad loss of David Bowie last year, we uh, decided to get our act together and read through David Bowie's list of 100 most influential books. In no particular order. In fact, in a completely nonsensical order. <laughs> and see what it gets us. <laughs> yeah. And see where we are now. And along the way, we make wild speculation about what the books meant to Bowie. And wild speculations about what the books mean to us. Yeah. <laughs> it's really just about wild speculation. Yeah, in general. Yeah. Uh, so what's the book this time? Uh, the Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow. Wow, it's finally... <laughs> It's great to finally get a book that we like. Oh, my God. This is, I was thinking about that on the way over. This is the first book since um, the Faulkner book, I think. Yeah. As I Lay Dying, yeah. that we both like. Yeah, the first first one this year, I think, that we both liked. Yeah. Which, we needed this. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, yeah it was like, it was so nice to have a book where I was turning the pages in pleasure, not in agony. Like, <laughs> Like, oh, I hope this doesn't actually end. <laughs> Rather than like, oh, God, I hope this ends soon. How many more pages? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I really, I mean, for a number of reasons, I'm really glad that we read this. For one thing, it's getting us out of the middle-aged white man's head. <laughs> yeah. <yep>. Finally. <laughs> um. Yeah, into uh, the Dominican Republic and New Jersey. Yeah, to, uh, well, I've been to New Jersey. I haven't been to the Dominican Republic. <laughs> Me neither. But, but uh, exotic locales, both mm -hmm. of them. Um, mm -hmm. And this is um, a book that kind of traverses both territories um, and kind of has a, like, doubles throughout the book, I guess, kind of pairings of characters and places and, and events. And um, I don't know, can you sum up what the, the plot is? I was thinking about that. It, it's, it's sort of epic uh, family tale in a way. The tale of one family and their life in the Dominican Republic, their move, their immigration to the United States because of life in the Dominican Republic under the dictator Trujillo, um, and following that family is this curse, fuku, um, that sort of animates everything. But it's told, the story's told in multiple voices. Yeah, which I, which I love. I'm such me, a sucker for that. Yeah, me too. Especially because, I mean, it was done in kind of this, like, um, I mean, it wasn't written serially, but it kind of feels that way where you're like, you hear this story and then, but what was it like back then? And then you hear it from the mother's perspective. Yeah, with, with this sort of omniscient narrator uh, named Junior, who's um, related to the family because he was dating the daughter, Lola, who seems the most level-headed, like mm -hmm. a centered person in the family. Um, but he kind of is telling their story and kind of embellishing it and kind of weaving in and out of the different characters um, and kind of can see the whole thing. 
and it's sort of telling the story in like uh, layers, like where he's telling the story of, of Oscar, who's the title character, and then telling the story of the family through these sort of flashbacks and different voices, and then the story of the country under Trujillo, kind of through the family. Yeah. So it's 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 multi-layered in that in that way. I never really asked why Oscar was the character rather than Lola. Or, yeah. Like the women were much more interesting characters. I mean, like. <laughs> As a fellow nerd, <laughs> I enjoyed Oscar, and I enjoyed all the references to the D&D oh comic books God. and stuff like that. They're so great. Like, Oh, he's so hopeless. Yeah. Yeah, Oscar <laughs> is incredibly hopeless. And in, in, in a tragic comic kind of figure, and, yeah. um, is that, in that he just, he just can't or won't change. Um, mm-hmm. And that kind of leads to, you know, the tra- uh, tragedy at the end of the book, um, because he's so set in his beliefs and and it, in some ways is so not uh, and i think the author kind of tries to play this or at least junior does that oscar is so not dominican um right. and yet junior is you know says himself that he is like the epitome of dominican masculinity and oscar is the exact opposite which is the question like who who is able to be called dominican and who is not because junior is like kind of a like a dick yeah through, <laughs> through most of the book and then in a sort of weird way towards the end that, that almost doesn't ring true he he sort of becomes a, a a more mature i guess or presents himself as a more mature figure but you, you don't really get the sense of how he's growing because he kind of pops in and out um yeah so it, it almost seems like he just kind of jumps from being like um uh, like a, a crappy like kind of cheating boyfriend. Despicable. Yeah, to to being like, oh, you know, I've settled down. I'm better now, for the most part. You know, but but that that seems it's it's sort of secondary to the the main story, like where Oscar is just this figure that's sort of planted in there, like yeah. a tree, you know, and never moves and never changes. So his mom escapes the Dominican Republic because she gets in trouble with the kind of a government i mean is it really a government or is it just like a big mob yeah um, totally and to save her life really she departs um Im- immigrant Im- Im- goes to was it right to new jersey yeah i think, yeah, I right think so jersey. yeah so she heads over to new jersey raises her kids there her kids are very you know american just american kids yeah. and so oscar's torn between this like what does it mean to be dominican i fail at that but I also fail at being American because they don't accept me. Like, I'm the brown kid from, you know, a foreign place. Yeah, and there's that great quote about, like, do you want to know what it's like to be an X-Man? Be a brown kid, in, in, you know, <laughs> especially uh, be a nerdy brown kid yeah. in school and see, see what that's like. It's like, I think he said it's like having tentacles coming out of your chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he is, like totally unapologetic about his nerdiness which i think is what makes him so likable because you get the impression that junior knows more about this nerdiness yeah then then he admits right like he probably played some D himself right but he wouldn't say it yeah, yeah he presents himself as like oh i can bench press 340 pounds i my job is lifting <laughs> pool tables i'm gonna go out and chase girls yeah. but really he's like he's reading you know he's reading fantastic four comic books and whatnot and i i do love that that uh, Oscar is unapologetic. Like there's some point, I can't remember what he says. He's talking on the phone to Lola and he says something like 
don't do anything inadvisable or I don't remember the word that he yeah, uses. But, but he does, you know, use those like $3 words. And she says, do you hear yourself? And he says, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> or, or when um, Junior says, um, Oscar's idea, this is from near the end of the book. Oscar's idea of G was to talk about role-playing games. How fucking crazy is that? My favorite was the day on the E-bus when he informed some hot morena, if you were in my game, I would give you 18 charisma. (laughs) That would totally work for me. (laughs) (laughs) And he talks about when people are beaten in the sugar cane in Dominican Republic, how many hit points they have left if they're going to live or die from a from a beating by a mob. And it's it's a weird way of distancing from the horror of that yeah. too, you know, to treat it like like a D&D thing. I mean, but the the, the way that the the references are sort of woven throughout the book is re- is really clever and really like um the sort of the well, it's a really sad story overall. There it's it's told in a really funny sort of like um in a comic way. Um, yeah. Or at least at least for parts of it. And I think that makes the ending even more, you know, even more emotional, I guess, in some ways, because the tone shifts so much. Yeah. Um, and it really does take you with it. Or at least at least it worked for me. Yeah. His. His likability, you know, it, it makes it so hard that he's so unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, towards the end. And I don't I don't want to give away what happens at the end. Um, but it it definitely is like no Oscar don't do it <laughs> I want to see the book that you write like I want to see you actually get a girlfriend you know and I don't know how much it spoils it to say like so the family is dealing with this curse Fuku which I was reading somewhere was um, so it's a curse it's, list, it's called a curse I think he describes it in the beginning um whether it's a curse that Trujillo brought upon them or a curse that Trujillo just believed in and so perpetuated. Um, someone was describing it as specifically the doom of the new world. But yeah, like the curse is colonialism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Trujillo is, though he's native, he kind of has that same totalitarian power right. over... Right, and, and like I think he mentions... So somewhere in the book that he bleached his skin, you know, he tried really hard mm-hmm. to look white. And the, and the book does talk about the the sort of caste system in in the Dominican Republic where, you know, the darker your skin was, the lower, you know, the lower you were seen as. So the aspiration is to be white like the colonial rulers. Mm-hmm. So that's the curse that they left behind, too. Yeah, it says in the beginning of the book, it was believed even in educated circles that anyone who plotted against Trujillo would incur a fuku most powerful, down to the seventh generation and beyond. If you even thought a bad thing about Trujillo, Fua, a hurricane would sweep through your f- sweep your family out to sea. Fua, a boulder would fall out of the clear sky and squash you. Fua, a shrimp you ate today was the cramp that killed you tomorrow, which explains why everyone who tried to assassinate him always got done. Why those dudes who finally did buck him down all died so horrifically. And Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, dang, that is some powerful. <laughs> so in, um, you, you're following along that this family is suffering a fuku. Like, like every family under tree. Yeah. Like, and we're only following this one family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And so what Oscar does is try this sort of ultimate ending that we don't want to spoil. No, yeah, we're not, we're not going to, we're going to hint at. His attempt is uh, what the term was Zafa, a counterspell yeah. in a way. So there's a great uh, explanation of Fuku and Zafa. When you spill salt, what do you do? You, you throw it over your shoulder, right? right? You throw a pinch of shal- salt or, over your shoulder. What, you, you, you lick it off of the table, of course. <laughs> salt is precious. <laughs> <laughs> so spilling salt is bad luck. It's a fuku. Yep. Throwing this pinch of salt over your shoulder is zafa. It's supposed it, to prevent you from having the bad luck. Yeah, yeah. So supposedly what Oscar does at the end of the book is Zafa. And it lifts the curse on the family. Maybe. Maybe. That's the question. Because there is... That's the question. <laughs> and, and I think, like, the, the other... Um, I guess I was reading, you know, like... A, 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 like a, a summary of the book. And they're saying the other thing that's a Zafa is the the telling the story. Like, Junior telling the story oh, is right. a way of lifting the curse, too. Right. And I think he talks about telling the story to his daughter... And then her taking the story forward, and that's a way of diminishing the curse. Like, mm-hmm. and maybe in some ways it's like generation after generation. The further you get away from Truyo, you know, and and his curse, like the the more diminished it becomes. The more you tell the story, and the more um, the the more open, the more light there is on on what happened. The 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 weaker the curse becomes. But the big question I kept having is whether. It's the curse of just being there, but, or also like the immigration curse. Like it wasn't easier for them either. Like it kept going. It kept being perpetuated. Like you'd think if you left the place where the curse haunted you. Yeah. It kind of followed, it followed them to America. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe that again is the colonialism, you know, kind of chasing them because then they're on the lowest part of the, the totem pole you know, when they come to America, um, and you know, it happens with, with immigrants all over the world. Like you might've been a doctor in, or, a, you know, or a, a civil engineer in, in your home country. But when you, when you immigrate, or especially when you're forced to immigrate, you may, you know, you may end up a taxi driver, or you may end up working in a store or something. Um, and you have to kind of fight a, your way back up, mm-hmm. um, because that curse of like, you're not from here right. kind of chases you. Um, there's this, interview i think with terry gross that i was reading uh, with juno diaz and he says um i was a dominican kid who immigrated to the united states in the 70s and settled in new jersey i was trying to write to that experience um could i possibly contain new jersey and the dominican republic (laughs) yeah yeah and and, and they do like there's that the doubling of of like there's the life in new jersey but they all do go back to the dominican republic Mm -hmm. where they're also out of place like oscar is out of place no matter where he is but I think he's just like this giant nerd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like um, physically giant. Right. Like yeah. Quite overweight. <laughs> yep. Yep. A very, very, very large person. Yeah. And Junior's attempts to get him to jog, you know, kind of slim down a little bit. But he's also so romantic too. Like he's constantly Aww. talking to girls and and not getting anywhere and falling in love with with women, you know, at first sight. Oh, uh, so hopelessly. Yeah, yeah. And then you know. Like um, so benevolent to people who are in these women are in 
horrible relationships with people who are 20 years older than right, them, yeah, beating in them. Right, yeah, case, right. And there's this sweet man who will never be that violent, aggressive man, and so therefore not the the love interest, which is disturbing. Mm. And, and and there's the, that idea of, of masculinity again, where Junior is like hopping from girl to girl to girl and such an ass yeah and <laughs> and he's paired against oscar who like focuses on one woman you know and never accomplishes anything right right yeah. um yeah the other part that was so this book was written in 2007 this is a later book than a number of so like the books we've been reading on Bowie's yeah list. yeah this is pretty pretty new yeah um and talking about like addressing dictatorships in um, countries that are still recovering in a lot of ways from the impact. Um, we were talking about it, how there's been more, I've started noticing more presence of this story exploration, like the dictator, the oppressive society um, in, in more recent pop culture things like um, I read this book, Miss Burma, which is about Myanmar and sort of the coming into the military dictatorship that um, happened just after World War II. And then there's been a lot of Hitler books coming out lately, like about the, I can't remember what it was called, the one about the oh, uh, the drug use among... called Wired or something? Yeah. No, that's the, that's the book about John Belushi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, I know the one that you mean where... where um, they're talking about how the Nazis, bas- uh, the Third Reich, basically ran on coke, right, and like amphetamines. And there's been some other just like Hitler biographies that have been coming out. And um, I went and saw that um, play that uh, David Byrne did, "Here Lies Love," about the you know the Philippines and just exploration of these oppressive societies. I'm curious why it's on our mind lately. Yeah, that's, it's, it's sort of strange that it would be something that people are thinking about a lot. Um, but, but it could also be that there's, the, you know, as time goes on, the secrets that were locked up in these dictatorships, you know, are, are, being, are being sort of re- released or explored now, you know, because the, the dictator's curse is no longer there, you know. Um, so the the information is finally starting to come out about what what really happened. Yeah. Um, and also like the people, in in some cases the people who experienced it most directly and survived. You know they're getting old, or they're getting older. So it's more important to tell their stories before they go away. Mm-hmm. So maybe you know it's just I guess it's or almost like the safety to tell it at this point. Yeah, totally. There's something about that too. So this, right. I mean, this uh, brief wondrous life of Oscar Wilde was written 10 years ago. So it's not like this is part of that new thing that I'm seeing, but, um, but it's still that now I can talk about this now in some way, or like a Zafa against the Fuku. Like Mm -hmm. we need to talk about this because if we don't, we perpetuate this curse. Right. Yeah. This continues to happen over and over again. Yep. Unless it's, um, unless it's brought to light unless it's talked about unless um and i think maybe it still happens yeah yeah. (laughs) well it's 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 strange that you're feeling very pessimistic about 
I wonder why that is. I don't know. It's just something in the air. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, so I think, oh, one, one other thing I want to mention, just so I can get a link to it in the show notes, there's one of the things that he references um, in the book, you know, kind of throughout, and then some of the characters seem to be kind of drawn from um, are the, the Hernandez brothers who did the oh, amazing yeah. comic book series. It's still going on, I think, like 30, like 30, 35 years now. The Love and Rockets. Love and Rockets. It's, it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things, and, and it's, a great, it's a beautiful mix of Hispanic and American culture, and it does totally the low highbrow thing that that this book does as well um where it goes from like you know nerdy monster movie stuff to punk rock to like (laughs) you know to magic realism and it kind of mixes it all really beautifully so um a secondary recommendation uh besides this book is also like is love and rockets get anything you can (laughs) from that series it's all it's all really really good stuff which which brings me to um the question we always ask why did bowie choose this book for his 100 most influential book list. Um, and I think there's easy ways to point at just, it's a good book. Yeah. <laughs> it, and, and it was, you know, it won the Pulitzer Prize, so he probably got it just based on that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the language is great. There's this really interesting use of slang and pacing that works, I think, really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just beautiful language. The voices of the characters as they speak are really compelling. Um, but also this, like, sci-fi and comic book reference throughout. Like, I mean, Bowie was a nerd, too. Yeah. He was, like, really into sci-fi. And <laughs> a lot of the books on our list are comics. Yeah, um, yeah. So, comics, yeah, sprinkled throughout, yeah. Yeah, I think that there is something kin to him in the that blend that you were saying, that lowbrow-highbrow um, combination. And and I think, like, there's... Um, you probably read this while he was living in New York, and, and there's, oh, like, a big yeah. Dominican presence in New York and New Jersey, and, and it, culturally, you know, like, it's it's something that's really... Maybe not so much for us in Seattle, but, but if you're in New York City or in northern New Jersey, like, it's, it's part of, you know, it's part of what you see every day. Um, so I, I imagine that there is a connection there, too. He also lived on an island uh, really close to the Dominican Republic. <laughs> really? <laughs> when was that? He had, um, I, was, I was poking about as a do, and um, I found this piece that said, uh, David Bowie's Mandalay Estate available for rent. There is an island, Moustique, um, that is in sort of a line off of, it's not like directly near the Dominican Republic, but it's sort of this like chain of islands. Um, And he had this beautiful, you know, house with a pool and... And and you can rent it? like Yeah, now it's up for rent. Um, Okay, we're going to do a Kickstarter. (laughs) The Hilltop Villa on the stunning Caribbean island of Mystique. Um, It was built in 1989 for David Bowie. It's... Oddly, though, so so I want to say he read the book because he spent a lot of time in this Caribbean island. But of course, the the island house is all Balinese style and like mm. Zen. And <laughs> okay, uh, it's a tenuous link, but that's kind of what yeah. we that's kind of what we do. <laughs> Every tenuous link we can make, <laughs> yeah. we make. <laughs> and sometimes links that we shouldn't make at all. There are five generously styled and named bedroom suites. What, like one's named Sam? (laughs) 
and Jeffy. Yeah. <laughs> Each with their own private veranda, which leads straight to the pool. Several impressive reception rooms, a dining pavilion, <laughs> game wow. room, study, infinity pool, private garden decks. Is it a game room where he played Miss Pac-Man? <laughs> <laughs> he was or, really into Miss Pac-Man. Or D&D. <laughs> yeah, or D&D. <laughs> a game room that's in he, big quotes. <laughs> that, this is where he kept his miniatures. <laughs> <He was> really <laughs> into painting. <laughs> Little known David Bowie fact we'd like to spread. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, tell your friends he was super into <laughs> he was an eighteenth level magic user. <laughs> Actually he probably was, yeah. You know, tenuous connections. Yeah, yeah. So um what uh book are we gonna make tenuous connections about next? Uh C- is it City of Night, John Ricci? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I never do. <laughs> I never know. Um yeah, I just ordered mine. Because um, I I went on the uh Seattle Independent Bookstore Day tour, oh, yeah. where you hit 19 bookstores in a day. And, and we'll, we'll list them all. <laughs> yeah. We crossed, well, we, we took two ferries and hit 19 bookstores um, from, you know, downtown Seattle to uh, Bainbridge Islands and Edmonds and all around. So, so for listeners outside of the Seattle area, it takes a long time to get yeah. to all these places. We left at 7... And there's a bunch of store seven in the morning, and there's a bunch of stores we had to hit before five p.m. Um, but then I think we ended around seven. Dang, so it was like twelve that's hours. That's a long day. Yeah. Um, and I was going to pick up a bunch of the books on the way. I did grab *Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow from Liberty Bay Books out in Polsbo, which is awesome because there was it was right there on a display with a shelf talker. One of the booksellers loved the book. And just like wrote, I loved, 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 loved this book. And I was like, sold. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah. And are you sure it's not like Malordor? <laughs> Please tell us it's not like Malordor. Oh, on this tour, I went back to um, Eagle Harbor Books and told them, I'm sorry about that book that I special ordered from you. It wasn't good. Did, did you like throw it back at them? Like, here, I don't need this anymore. No, they had all said, Hey, we that book looks good. I was like, Mm-mm, but it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put this on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> Hide it in the back. But I'm going out to the um, the sort of celebration for because we accomplished the 19 bookstores in a day. We're having a celebration at it, Island Books on Mercer Island, and I ordered the John Ricci City of Night book from them. Cool. So I'll pick it up tomorrow. Yep. And. Uh... Yeah, I, I don't know anything about this book. Oh, really. me neither. Yeah, so this will be it'll be interesting. Like, uh, hopefully, because there hasn't been any other book on this list that we didn't know anything about before we started oh, it. Yeah, that that's true. <laughs> we were familiar with all the works of uh, Colin Wilson before. I was, I was a huge fan, especially of his more magical tones. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, yeah, we're gonna do some reading. Mm-hmm. Get back to you in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, and uh, what song did we pick? Oh, this is hard. Yeah, this is a tough one. We really wanted to find a song, like a cover, a Dominican cover of a David Bowie song. <laughs> Didn't find it. <laughs> there, there are a lot. There are a lot of uh, Spanish covers yeah. in general, but mostly from Spain and Mexico and what was it, like Costa Rica and yeah, yeah. Brazil, of course. Yeah, Sue George. Yeah, um, yeah, but we couldn't we couldn't get one right from the Dominican Republic. So if you know one, um, let us know. Yeah, that'd, that'd be pretty cool. So. 
We poked, poked, poked. And what did we come up with? Uh, a new Killer Star off of the album Reality from, I think, when did it, when did it come out? Does it say? Um, 2003? 2003, okay. And uh, there's just something about the song because it, it references, like, wanting to see his life like a comic book, mm-hmm. um, like Oscar. Um, a little tenuous. Uh, sort As of, we do. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, you know, in some references to New York. Um, oh yeah, the um, in our in the Bible that we refer to, the Nicholas Pegg complete David Bowie, uh, he makes reference to the 9/11 um, reflections of New York after 9/11 as part of this song. Yeah. Um, but also, what Pegg wrote, um, he uh, where is it? Where is it? Uh, hence the first verse's advancement of dogged optimism, of accentuating the positive in the face of adversity. Um, as Bowie sings, quote, but I won't look at that scar. And instead suggests in Irving Berlin's time-honored response to trouble ahead, let's face the music and dance. Uh, David Bowie says, I use it as the cliche that it is. From those old Fred Astaire movies or whatever, well, times can be really bad, but we'll work out a way through this because it brings all that luggage with it. So and, and the the book the also Zaffa. yeah, the book ends on a note of hope too. So yeah, I, I think I think it's fitting. Yeah. Or yeah, it's fitting. Sure. Tenuous connection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Apparently>, Trademark. <laughs> yeah, we can make anything fit if we, <laughs> if we just talk about it enough. Yeah. All right. Um, so. Uh, I'm going to say a bunch of places you can find us. I'm not going to make any mistakes at all. <laughs> We're getting better. Yep. <laughs> you can uh, uh, find us at theboweybookclub.com or... Or on Twitter at BowieBookPod. Or on Facebook at BowieBookClubPodcast. <laughs> well done. That sounded so natural. Yes. <laughs> I can talk pretty. <laughs> so you should uh, review us on iTunes. Um, you should leave comments on the Facebook page, um, and you should tell us what you think. Read along with us. Yeah, and, and yeah, and get the book, and read along with us for next for next time. Oh yeah, this awesome. Um, what's his name? The Lodger on Twitter is is rekindling his reading, um, starting the book club again, and cool. um, had a group of books in a photo. And I was like, Oscar Wow, Oscar Wow. And he's like, okay, I'll start with that one. <laughs> oh, nice one. Okay, yeah. so we'll, we'll post that in the show notes and, yeah. and all the other stuff that we gabbed about. Yeah. And uh, I guess we'll see you in about a month. Woo! Yay! <laughs> well, that was pretty okay. <laughs> that was pretty okay. Okay. <laughs>